Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Norse traditions. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. A warning, this episode features some violent content. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Last week, we began the story of Loki and Iduna's apples. Iduna herself has yet to make an appearance. Instead, we followed Odin and Loki to the mortal realm of Midgard, as Odin tried to show Loki that his trickster ways could be used for good. Unfortunately, Loki was shortly thereafter abducted by a giant and pressed into service to steal some of the most valuable objects in all of Asgard, the youth-replenishing apples of the goddess Iduna. Norse mythology has always been a patchwork of contradictory and incomplete stories. The relationships between many of the gods are hopelessly complicated, while many aspects of their family tree have been lost to time. Iduna is one such mysterious figure. She's married to Bragi, Odin's son and the bard of the gods. But beyond that, little is known. She may have belonged to the Vanir, a second family of gods typically tied to fertility or something else entirely, such as an elf or giant. The very concept of divinity is ambiguous in Norse mythology. Most of the gods are descended from giants, but others belong to a variety of tribes and races. And as we saw in Odin's quest for wisdom, one god was born out of the spit of all the others. What unites the gods of Asgard is their privilege. They lord over the rest of the world tree, using their power to keep everyone else in line. Whenever giants or humans get too unruly, the gods move swiftly to strike them down. But as we'll see, they're only as strong as their weakest member. Iduna's naivety makes her a prime target for Loki's schemes. Coming up, we'll travel to Iduna's garden. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Life is a highway. 
And on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Asgard had always been a place of revelry, for the gods had few concerns worth troubling about. Their days were filled with endless feasts and games. One of their favorite things to do was to lounge in Iduna's garden, eating her apples that brought eternal youth. One summer's day, many of the gods were gathered doing just that. Thor, Balder, Tyr, Frigg, Sif, and more. Iduna provided the apples, picking them from her tree and handing them to each god in turn. They were uncharacteristically patient, for all knew that the apples only shone gold and provided eternal youth if Iduna gave them willingly. Her husband, Bragi, provided the entertainment, strumming a raucous tune on his giant harp. Thor swallowed Iduna's apples in one bite, swaying to Bragi's music and joining the other gods in song. He was so joyous, he decided to honor his hostess with a speech. Sweet, sweet Iduna, as sweet as the apple she gives. I would call you sister if it weren't for the fact that we have no idea who your parents are or where you came from. <laughs> uh, right. Your apples? Great. Otherwise, you are very, very, um, uh, your husband is a great singer. Huzzah! And your garden always looks just great. Huzzah! Well, that's all I've got to say. Back to the party. Iduna smiled sweetly through the speech. It was the same face she put on for any interaction with the other gods, even her husband. And so, many of the gods didn't consider that she had a mind of her own with thoughts and feelings. As Thor had pointed out, most of them knew next to nothing about her. But they were happy to eat of her apples. In truth, Iduna was not sure how she would answer if the gods had asked to know more about her. She had no idea where she came from. She had always just been here in the garden, picking apples. It wasn't such a horrible life. Her husband was pleasant enough. Even if he never stopped singing long enough to try and give her a baby, the gods were good company, even if they always talked amongst themselves and never to her. Iduna didn't know why she was unhappy. She didn't want for anything in particular. She just wanted something, a life beyond this golden orchard. So when she saw the new arrival to the party, her interest was more than a little piqued. How sentimental. It was Loki, the god of mischief. He stood at the garden's edge, leaning against one of Iduna's trees. He picked an apple and tried to eat it, but it withered in his hand before he could take a single bite, for it had not been given freely by Iduna. Loki tossed the rotten fruit aside and proceeded into the party. Look at all of you, gathered here, celebrating like a real family. Looks like Frigg has forgotten that half of you are bastards. I'm joking, I'm joking. Sif, love their hair. 
It's almost as fair as boulders. And Thor. I don't care what anyone says. You've got plenty of lights on upstairs. What are you doing here, Loki? I thought you were in Midgard with Papa. It was rather tiresome. Always the same, you know. Mortals living and dying. Lots of excrement and blood and all that. Why, is that fair Iduna? So lovely to see you. We really must get you out of this garden sometime. You work too hard. But I must be going for now. You know what they say. Early to bed and all that. Hold it. You didn't say what became of Papa. Odin? Oh, he's fine. You know him, always wandering. Loves to chat. He's still with the humans. If I found you've done something to him, what could I do to the Allfather? And if I had, don't you think Heimdall would have seen it? He can see all of Midgard clear as day. I suppose I'm being overcautious. Loki, the grey little trickster god, bringing harm to the Allfather? <laughs> I really do slay myself. If only. Loki sulked back through the garden and out through the gate. But as he left, he threw one last look over his shoulder. He caught the gaze of Iduna, sitting beneath her tree with a contemplative look on her face. He smiled at her and kept walking. Loki made his way outside the walls of Asgard, perching himself on a rock by the riverbank. It was his favorite mischief spot. Everyone always seemed more willing to make bad decisions by the river. Sure enough, after a short time, none other than Iduna appeared on the shore, her basket of apples in her arms. Loki, friend Loki, I do hope I'm not bothering you. Sweet Iduna, but of course not. Your company is most welcome. It seems we've already gotten you out of the garden. I normally wouldn't step outside the walls, but your kind words inspired me. Do you think I should go back? Will they notice I'm gone? It seemed they had all had their fill of apples for today, but you never know. I'm sure it's fine. For now. Unfortunately, they will start to wilt a bit after you've been gone a month or so. A month? What do you mean? Her answer came in the form of a shadow that loomed over them both. It was a massive eagle. In truth, it was the giant Tiasi here to collect the ransom Loki had promised. Oh my, what is... Ah! Tiasi swooped down and grabbed Iduna in his claws. He turned, carrying her off to Jotunheim. Farewell, giant friend. Poor Iduna. Then again, there are a thousand giantess maidens who suffer while she lives here in luxury, so perhaps my sympathy is misplaced. I do hope Tiasi doesn't find out too quickly about the apples turning to ash if Iduna doesn't give them willingly. Back on Midgard, the revels for the coronation of Empress Sigrid had died down. The Empress herself was still up, draped in furs and armor with an empty wine cup dangling from her hand. She sat slumped in a chair in front of her massive, roaring fireplace. 
Outside, a hundred guards protected the entrances to her room. So when the figure of a raggedy old man emerged from the shadows, it should have been a surprise. But Sigrid knew better than to question the methods of the man she knew as Bolverker the Wanderer. I half wondered if you might seek an audience tonight. I knew you couldn't simply be here to pay your respects. Oh, but I am. You appear where you please. You are old, but you don't age. And don't think I've forgotten. Last time I saw you, you took the form of an eagle and flew off with the mead of poetry. How do you know that was me? The drop of mead you afforded me provided enough wisdom to conquer Northern Europe, old man. It was certainly more than enough to help me figure out that you are Odin, the Allfather. <laughs> what a conclusion to jump to. I may not be human, but I could be any number of magical entities. I could be a shape-shifting giant, a dark elf, but the king of the gods himself? You must admit it's a stretch. Mm-hmm. Very well then, wanderer who isn't Odin. What can I do for you? I wish to extend the hospitality of Asgard. Your place in Valhalla is secured, have no doubt. I will also allow my kin to travel back to Midgard, should you invoke them. The boon of the gods? Oh yes, that's something just anyone could bestow. I brought one of them to meet you today, but he has disappeared on me. Loki, my shield brother. Loki, the trickster. You brought him here? I'm lucky my whole palace hasn't burnt down. I know he has plagued your kind in the past, but wisdom leads me to believe that he is the key to our future. And if I, if we, want that to be the right future, then we must help him change his nature. You're gods. You are your natures. You're the personification of fundamental concepts. You can't change. We both had better hope that isn't true, or else the entire world tree is doomed. They sat in silence, hearts heavy with that last piece of knowledge, gazing into the fire. Empress Sigrid had spent decades building an empire, but she had enough wisdom to know it was dust in the winds of time. If she truly wanted to protect her home and her people, she would have to do what the Allfather said. Next, Loki's scheming comes home to roost. Hi, it's Carter from ParCast Network. The Vatican is one of the most recognizable religious sites in the world, but it's also a powerful institution, its unique history full of secrecy. This Easter, my show Conspiracy Theories looks deep into the church's past to uncover how it became what it is today. Starting April 5th, our new four-part miniseries, Mysteries of the Vatican, dives in to examine some of the most prominent conspiracy theories surrounding this mysterious organization. From the church's sordid rise to power, to prophetic visions, and even assassination attempts. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Conspiracy Theories, to hear Mysteries of the Vatican. New episodes air every Monday and Wednesday, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Now back to the story. Iduna, goddess of youth, had always wanted to leave her garden. She now regretted that impulse. After following Loki out into the wilds of Asgard, a strange eagle had swooped down and carried her off. Worse yet, Loki seemed to have been planning on it. The creature flew higher and higher until they left the realm and became lost amidst the branches of the world tree. Iduna thought she would be cast adrift in the cosmos for sure, but after a time, the creature passed through a different world barrier into a much worse realm than Asgard. It was Jotunheim, the land of the giants, icy and barren. It might as well have been the land of the dead, but it was not. It was home to those ancient beings from whom the gods had descended and who they now shunned. The eagle descended to a mountain peak, flying through a large opening in the ice and into a deep and labyrinthian cave system. The ice eventually gave way to flowing rivers of magma. The eagle continued into a cavern where a black, rocky island rose from a lake of lava. Iduna was dropped, tumbling several feet onto the rocks below. She let out a peep of despair and clutched her basket of apples closely. Behind her, the eagle transformed, revealing itself to be Tiasi, the giant. He was more handsome than Iduna had been led to believe giants could be, but he was as large and imposing as any. Welcome, goddess of youth and fertility. I am Tiasi. This is mine home. Thou art my queen. But I, I'm married to Bragi. Bah! What is so in Asgard is not so in Jotunheim. Mine home is a land unto itself. Let the gods come and see. When my brother Gonger built their walls, they repaid him with cruel death. We know of cruelty here in Jotunheim. Let them come and see. I, well, I don't know about all that. I just pick the apples. The person you want to talk to is Odin. Silence! The Terrifier shall soon witness my works and despair. I have united the tribes of Jotunheim, and with thine apples, we will become as the gods, and we will march to Asgard and take back the cosmos. I'm sorry, but I just can't do that. My husband and the other gods would be terribly angry. But you are already mine. Thine apples are in my possession. Oh, but surely you know I must give them freely for them to work. Thou... what now? If you try to eat them without my consent, they will turn to ash. Lies. Azir lies. Tiasi trudged forward parting Iduna from her basket, with her only conjuring a small whimper in defense. 
He palmed one of the apples in his large hand, then tossed the entire thing into his mouth with one bite. As Iduna watched, his self-assured chomping quickly turned to disgust. He opened his mouth and hurriedly scraped the ash from his tongue with his fingers. Why did thou not say anything? I'm sorry, I thought I did. Maybe I didn't. I've never been outside my garden before. I'm nervous. Give me thine apples freely. Make their magic sing. Oh, I wish I could. You seem like lovely people, but I'm too much of a rule follower. Give me thine apples, or I will crush thee into a pulp. Oh no, please don't. Then give me thine apples. I can't. Tiasi rushed forward, raising his fist into the air, but just before he brought it down on Iduna's head, he realized that he was making a mistake. If he killed her, then he'd never get the apples. You're not going to kill me? Not right now. But I won't give you the apples. I am aware of it. So then you should kill me. Do not tell me what I should and should not do. Well, I suppose if you killed me, then you wouldn't be able to have the apples either. In Midgard, I believe they call this an impasse. Grrr! Skadi! There was a sound from one of the stone corridors, and then a young giantess appeared. She was like her father, comely but large. She crossed a narrow stone bridge over the magma, arriving next to her father on the island. Thoughts will care for our guest. No harm is to come to her. Make her comfortable. Show her the kingdom. Let her see what she stands to gain by giving us her fruit. Skavi bowed reverently, but as she did, she cast a sideways glance at Iduna, a glance filled with rage and disdain. Yes, father. I'll treat her exactly as a goddess of Asgard deserves. While Iduna had only been in Jotunheim an hour, a whole decade had passed in Asgard. Time moves much more quickly there, you see. Without Iduna's apples, the gods began to age. Since they were already millennia old, they'd become weak and thin. Their hair had turned gray and started falling out. Thor could hardly lift his hammer. The gods looked everywhere for Iduna, in the fields and mountains, through every room in Valhalla. They soon realized that she must have been taken to another realm against her will. Thor went to Heimdall the Guardian and asked him to survey Midgard, where he had full sight. He could see Odin, still at the palace of the human empress, but otherwise there were no gods in Midgard. Iduna must have been in one of the other realms, realms where various magics prevented Heimdall from seeing everything. Realms like Jotunheim. It was at this moment that Thor finally realized who must have taken Iduna. Of course, whenever there was trouble in Asgard, there was always one god you should question first. And there was certainly trouble in Asgard now. Thor left Heimdall at the Rainbow Bridge, feebly hiking up the riverbank to visit his least favorite uncle. 
Loki! A pleasure, nephew. How are you today? I am enfeebled, as are all the gods. Iduna is gone, and so are her apples. Ah, I do believe I heard something about that. I notice you look as spry as ever. Yes, my giant's blood ages slower than yours. Thor suddenly surged forward, attempting to grab Loki by the cloak. No, listen here, you... But the quick movement was too much for his frail body. He lost his balance and tumbled down the riverbank into the stream below. He sputtered and struggled in the mud. Loki smiled, casually walking forward. With a hateful grin, he dug his foot into old man Thor's chest. I don't believe you'll ever threaten me again, Thor. The gods of Asgard are dying. I am the only strong one left in the kingdom. I am going to walk into the palace and sit on the throne. And if you're lucky, I'll let you and your wife lick my boots clean. Papa. I'm sorry, what was that? It's hard to hear you through all the mud and oldness. Papa. Odin, what about him? He has been gone only hours in Midgard time. He has not aged. When he returns, he will smite you. Ugh. Apparently old age has brought you some modicum of wisdom, Thor. I can't directly confront Odin. Not yet. In truth, Loki was not just afraid of Odin. He was afraid of disappointing him. At their last encounter, Odin had encouraged Loki to be better. He had shown faith in him. He might not feel the same way if he could see Loki now. They'll be calling me the idiot after this. Loki lifted his foot from Thor's chest and offered him a hand. What? What is this? Get up, get up. I've changed my mind. I won't be conquering Asgard. I'm going to help you. Help? How? Do you know where Iduna is? Of course I know where Iduna is. Who do you think lured her out of her garden? Loki, you fiend! Do you want my help or not? I... very well, fiend. Fine. Go to Freya. Tell her I need her cloak. We have a journey to take. Next, Loki travels to Jotunheim. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now back to the story. Loki had been hoping to turn over a new leaf, but life had forced his hand. 
The giant Tiasi had made him lure the goddess Iduna away from Asgard so that he might kidnap her and steal her apples. Now all of the gods were withering away, except for Loki. Normally, he would have considered this a wonderful turn of events, but instead, he felt guilty. Odin had been talking to him about using his abilities for good, and here he was up to his same old tricks. He spent the next month in Asgard planning with the other gods. He would don Freya's coat of feathers, transform into a bird, and fly to Jotunheim. Once there, he would infiltrate Tiasi's home, transform Iduna into a bird as well, and fly them both out of there. When it came time, he wrapped the coat around himself and gave a dramatic farewell. I go now, fellow gods of Asgard, to deliver us from our current plight. I, Loki, will gladly be your savior. We haven't forgotten it was you that got us into this mess. So ungrateful. Very well then, I'm off. Loki transformed and began to travel across the branches of the World Tree. It had been a while, as Odin didn't usually permit them to leave Asgard. He wasn't entirely sure of the way and made a few wrong turns. But eventually, he found it, the icy portal that led to Jotunheim. He swooped down and toward the portal. The ice and wind wrapped around him. It would have been freezing if not for his giant's blood. He came out the other side and observed the barren tundra from above. Home sweet home. Though it had been eons, Loki remembered the terrain well. He knew that Tiasi's clan lived in a mountain to the east. But as he approached, he saw that things were not all the same. Crowded around the base of the mountain were a hundred thousand giants. They were clad in armor, and they looked younger, healthier, more golden than the giants he was used to. Loki's stomach churned as he alighted on a tree branch sticking out of the mountainside. It afforded him a view of the army, and the hulking figure speaking to them from a stone balcony above. Brothers, we are now prepared to march on Asgard. With the goddess of youth behind us, Odin and his brood will fall. Loki watched as the giant on the balcony reached into his cloak, producing a golden, shimmering apple. He dropped it into his mouth, chewing it and swallowing it in just a few bites. His skin glowed. His already handsome face grew even younger. His muscles bulged. That traitor! She's giving them the apples! Loki looked up the mountain toward an opening. With a flap of his wings, he lifted off and soared into the fortress. It was much like his childhood home, lots of winding stone passageways that grew hotter and hotter as you went further into the mountain. Eventually, he found his way to a large, open chamber with a central island surrounded by magma. The island was covered in furniture. It was like a child's version of the royal apartments in Valhalla, a rough-hewn bed with bright-colored sheets, 
drawers and chests overflowing with animal pelts and trinkets, and at the center, a large exotic garden growing out of the rich volcanic soil. In the center of this garden grew a glowing, immaculate apple tree. The garden was being worked by none other than Iduna herself, as well as a giantess that Loki didn't recognize. She was more attractive than any giant he had ever seen. Loki alighted on a branch of the apple tree, intending to spy on the two women, but his plans were soon thwarted. I know it's you, Loki. Well, that's unlike you. I'm not the naive maiden I was when you last saw me. She's her own woman now. Who are you? I am Skathi, daughter of Tiasi and sworn sister to Iduna. Though I first resented her for being Aesir and planned her demise, I soon realized she was just another victim of your schemes. I will not let you take advantage of her any longer. When I lived in Asgard, I had no idea how the Jotun were oppressed by the gods. Skadi has taught me their history, and she has taught me that women don't always have to submit to their husbands and kings. You've been here, what, two days? You left me here for a month. Really? It was that long? I'm not great with time differences. Yes, I'm a Jotun now. I want to help these people reclaim what was taken from them. Look, Iduna, no one hates the Aesir more than I do, but trust me, the Jotun are just more of the same. I grew up here. Come back with me to Asgard. I see now you are a wise and powerful maiden. I will include you in my plans to take power. <laughs> You'll include her? What, does she need your permission to take over Asgard? Yeah, what Skadi said. Oh, this is getting us nowhere. Loki's silver tongue could do little against the newly empowered maidens, and so he realized he would have to resort to more blunt methods. He cast a rune into the air, using the magic that Frigg had taught him when he was younger. In an instant, Iduna was transformed into a walnut. How could you? The original plan was to turn her into a bird. You forced me to play dirty. With that, Loki transformed himself back into a bird. He flew down and dove beneath Skadi's legs, snatching up Nut Iduna in his talons. Skadi reached out to grab him, but her giant hands only managed to close on a single tail feather. Loki flew away from the island with all the haste he could muster. Guards! Guards! Sound the alarms! Loki flew out over the gathered army. As he traveled, he saw news of Iduna's capture spread through the ranks. Soon, the giants were all looking upwards. It was not long before Tiasi spotted him. The giant let out a roar, then a caw, as he transformed back into an eagle and set off after his ancient enemy. Loki regretted not getting in more physical activity over the last few years in Asgard. He flapped and flapped, aching to reach the portal back to the World Tree. Tiasi was much bigger, and he was gaining. 
But soon the icy portal loomed large overhead, and Loki was able to push through. The icy winds encircled him, propelling him forward into the cosmos. No! As Nut Iduna was pulled from the realm of Jotunheim, her ability to maintain her spells in that realm faded. Back on the volcanic island, her garden shriveled and turned to dust. Skathi wept as the ash wafted over her. On the fields beneath the mountain, the youthful, muscular Jotun screamed in pain as they reverted to their old, tired, craggy forms. Loki emerged onto the branches of the World Tree, with Iduna still in his talons. Aha! I don't know why Thor brags so much about all of his adventures. Questing is easy. Just then, the portal opened once more, and none other than Tiasi emerged, still in his eagle form. Oh, right. Him. Loki! I will destroy you for what you have done! Loki returned to flapping, traveling as fast as he could back up the vines of the World Tree toward Asgard. He wasn't as fast as Tiasi, but he knew the way, having already traveled it once. Tiasi, on the other hand, kept getting turned around in the dense forest of vines. Soon, the shimmering, beautiful rainbow portal of Asgard loomed large in the branches in the distance. Loki pulled his wings tightly to his body and shot through it. He felt the warmth and summer smells of the eternal realm envelop him, and soon he emerged onto the Rainbow Bridge. The fields and rivers of Asgard sprawled below him. Valhalla shone on the horizon, wondrous in its splendor. <laughs> we made it! See, Iduna! Isn't this better than Jotunheim? Iduna? Just then, the rainbow portal shimmered and sputtered. It grew dark and cloudy. Tiasi had made it into Asgard. Oh, right. Him. Loki knew his only chance was to reach the safety of the palace. He took off as fast as his already exhausted wings could move. As he flew, he began to worry. Even if he reached the palace, who would protect him? The gods of Asgard were old and weak. Thor could barely lift his hammer. Thor! Freak! Tyr! Anybody! Help! On the walls of Asgard, the lesser gods on patrol heard Loki and saw his small form being pursued by Tiasi's massive visage. They scrambled, or more accurately, slowly limped to sound the alarm. Soon, Thor, Frigg, and all the others arrived to watch the unfolding scene. The gods cried for someone to do something. I'll... I'll... I don't know what to do. Luckily, Frigg was sharper than Thor. Even in her weakened form, she knew what to do. She ordered the elderly gods to throw wood chips in piles all along the walls. 
This was an easy enough task even for the feeble deities. Once the wood chips were in place, Frigg cast a rune into the air. The piles of wood chips burst into flame. Soon there was a wall of flame surrounding the palace. What is she doing? But as he drew nearer, Loki smiled, or rather his beak twitched a bit, for he realized that the pyres were spaced just far enough apart for a small bird to fit through, but not a large one. He flapped and flapped, the giant eagle bearing down on him. Turn back, trickster god! You will doom us both! Loki did not listen. He dove straight for the wall of flame, and at the last second, he twisted to the left, spinning through the gap with Nut Iduna still clutched in his talons. Tiasi was not so fortunate. His massive form crashed headlong into the wall of fire. He came crashing down onto the parapet on the other side, his feathers burning. No! My kingdom! My kingdom! The elderly gods sprang on him in an instant. Using their various walking sticks, they poked and stabbed until there was nothing left but overdone poultry. The giant Tiasi was dead. Later that day, the gods assembled around Odin's empty throne. Frigg cast another spell, and Iduna transformed back to her usual form. Niece, or sister, or whatever relation we are, no one seems to know. It is good to see you. Oh, shut up, you oaf. Return me to Jotunheim at once. <gasps> Iduna? You are all murderers and criminals. I want nothing to do with you. All turned to look at Loki angrily. What happened to her? She's just going through a phase. <laughs> it took a week or so, but eventually even the newly empowered Iduna relented. She couldn't stand to see her old friends and family wither and die. She returned to her garden, but on one condition. My girlfriend, Skadi. I want her to come live with me here in Asgard. A giant? Absolutely not! Fine then. You've slain your last giant, old man Thor. Uh, um, very well. Tyr departed the next day with his finest warriors. They would travel to Jotunheim, inform the giants of Tiasi's death, and invite Skadi to Asgard. While they were gone, the portal once again opened. At first, some thought Tyr might have returned early, but it was the Allfather who appeared on the Rainbow Bridge. Papa! It is good to see you, Loki. Is... Is it good to see me, father? Hmm? Oh, yes, of course, Balder, of course. I'm... I, I'm Thor, the god of thunder. Where did you go, Loki? What became of you? I'm merely tired of your rote human frivolities. Well, I hope you got something out of our trip. It was not unpleasant. Good. Now, where is Thor? Father, 
I've been right here the whole time. Hmm? Oh, Thor, of course, of course. I have a quest for you. A quest? How wonderful! I shall slay our enemies. Where to? Jodenheim? Helheim? Muspelheim? Midgard. I want you to guard the new empress. What? A bodyguard to a human? Sounds rather appropriate to me. Don't disappoint me. Now, where's Iduna? I'm starving. With that, Odin, Loki, and the other gods traveled down the Rainbow Bridge back to the palace, leaving Thor to contemplate. I'll try not to, father. I'll try not to. That's more or less the end of Iduna's story. She is mentioned in passing in the Poetic Edda, but little more information is provided. It's interesting to note that even the gods must work to maintain their youth. Without Iduna, they would die. To the ancient Germanic peoples that told these stories, youth and vitality were clearly important. The apple is prominent in folklore the world over, which speaks to its ancient versatility. Apples arrived in Europe via the Silk Road thousands of years ago. Everyone from Babylon to Britannia was eating them. And to this day, they remain a ubiquitous symbol of nourishment and health. To the ancient Nordic peoples, the golden land of Asgard must have surely been a place where apples were in infinite supply. And in this case, they didn't just keep the doctor away, they stopped old age and death in their tracks. For Loki's part, this theft was yet another in a long list of troublemaking schemes, and not even one that seems to have left a lasting impression on the gods. There would be far worse grievances to come. But the story does speak to his selfishness in the face of adversity. First he betrays the Aesir, and then the giants. We're left to wonder, what exactly does Loki want? To rule Asgard? to overthrow the gods, or something else. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday, we dive into another dark, classic tale. We'll be back next week with another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Mythology was written by Greg Castro, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Jen Wong, Kim Lin Tran, Joe Hernandez, Eddie Lee, and Alastair Merton. I'm Vanessa Richardson.